You're listening to an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown Show. Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Benny, we were talking about allergies just before we got on the show, so... You don't have allergies, do you? You know, not that I know of. I mean, I have a little bit of skin irritation from certain products, but other than that, I've been kind of blessed to not have the, well, I got to knock on something. I don't have anything wood around here, but I'll figure it out, uh, that I haven't had any, you know, too bad allergy or allergen issues over the years of my 44 years on this planet. Yep. There you go. You heard it. 44. It's up there. It's up there. That's a magical number. I I think that's a good number. I think all numbers are magical. Yeah, they are magical. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. I was, yeah. uh, I don't actually think of myself as having allergies, but you know, the cottonwoods are, are snowing right now and I think it's pretty heavy. It's pretty wild season. in the Washington state area in the last couple of weeks. It is, it's like snow in May and yeah. it's not cold and it's not wet and it's, you know, no two are alike. Well, they probably are, but anyways, um, it's ridiculous. And you look up and I actually have seen a lot of like tourists that are coming into town. They are taking so many videos of it. It's like, oh yeah, this is every year. But I, yeah. will, I will take this yeah. over tornadoes and hurricanes and, and you know earthquakes. Again, yeah. got to find something yeah. to knock on right there. So. <laughs> I will, too. I love it. It's so beautiful here in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. And, and this morning it's raining, so maybe that'll help clear some things yeah. out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, wash it all away. Wash it all away. There you go. That's, that's exactly right. And uh, we're like at the end of May. We're headed into June. I'll talk about that in just a minute. So uh, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 26 to 27 years. And yeah, I'm still around. I've been Zooming all over the place. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. <laughs> That's my new mantra. And um, thank, thank, thankful for Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, things are opening back up a little bit up here. And uh, every Sunday, I offer a Sunday meditation with Loretta at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can sign up for that at schedule.reikioasis.com. And if you can't come in person, don't worry about it. Sign up. I'll send you a recording. So um, also, we are a listener-supported show. So to all my patrons, thank you so much. You can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show and get right in on everything. Uh, quick astrology check-in, and then I want to bring my guest on because I'm looking forward to the show. For all of you empaths out there, you sensitives, you're really going to want to tune in and listen to everything she has to say. So I, I, I have to bring this in because I'm a sensitive empathy girl. So how are you guys doing with the super total blood moon eclipse in Sagittarius that happened yesterday, but it's still going on as far as I'm concerned. I hardly slept at all the last two nights i'm very sensitive to that and um gemini season did begin on may 20th it's bringing three retrogrades that super blood moon eclipse a solar eclipse eclipse (laughs) yeah an eclipse on june 10th and the second of three saturn uranus squares which is a little bit of a challenging energy because saturn is about structure and uranus is about freedom And they're kind of banging up against each other, which is activating not only us at a personal life, but at a global uh, reality. So um, whenever we have a total lunar eclipse, the moon develops a reddish hue, which is why it's referred to as a blood moon. It's a super moon because it's closer to the earth. And total lunar eclipses are a time of great change and transformation. 
So some of you may be experiencing a, a concept of a, of a rebirth, right? Something is going away. And I, I was telling some of my clients, I feel like this energy that's here right now that's supporting us is helping us let go of that real sticky stuff, that old stuff that's been with us for a long, long time. And it's helping us open a doorway into not only our new life, but a new level of consciousness. On May 29th, which is Saturday, Mercury enters its second retrograde in the year in its ruling sign of Gemini. And this is a time to press the pause button, catch your breath, and work with what's already on your plate. Sometimes people say, oh, retrogrades, Mercury, retrograde, oh dear, oh dear. And I'm like, no, no, no. Retrogrades just give you an opportunity to go back and revisit something or bring something forward in a different way, rework it, get it done, right? So as Mercury is the planet of communication, contracts, technology, transport, and media, it's retrograde as a time where these things may come into our conscious awareness a little more. Mercury retrograde in its ruling sign of Gemini can also amplify its overall effects and shine a spotlight on how we're choosing to connect and communicate with ourselves and those around us. And very often it's the lack of communication or miscommunication, misunderstandings, right? Like don't assume you know what's going on over there. Do your best not to take up personal, that thing. But that, that can actually be the root of a lot of conflicts. So in today's world, we are inundated with opportunities to communicate and absorb the words of others through our phones, through the computers, and through the airways. Mercury retrograde is a time to take a deep breath and look how the information we ingest and the technology we use, consciously or unconsciously, is influencing our decisions, our communication styles, our mental health, and our overall well-being, and even what we say to others and how we say it. Um, when we're inundated with information, news stories, and other people's opinions, it can become really hard to hear the voice of our own authentic self, our true self, shining through. We can feel pressured to go along with the status quo, or we can even lose ourselves in groupthink mentalities. So I'm going to just kind of give a little nudge under, this, under the beautiful energy of this Mercury retrograde. Decide to ingest information from the world around you, either consciously, or maybe it's time to take a break from social media or reading the news altogether, and instead retreat to a quiet space and begin learning to listen to the sound of your own inner guidance, your own higher self, your own voice speaking to youth. Both Mercury and Gemini are linked to the throat chakra, <laughs> making it a good place to focus on during Mercury retrograde. You might work on energizing it, recharging it, clearing it, healing it, all of those wonderful things. And Mercury will be retrograde until June 22nd. So it's um, going to give you a lot of time to work on these things. Now, I can't think of a better time to have my guest on the show. And I say this a lot, but there's some sort of cosmic alignment with guests. And... Um, I'm just going to open like this. While empathy is a wonderful trait to have, it's also possible to have too much of a good thing. Unless you have strong boundaries, 
extremely empathic individuals or empaths as they're called often end up feeling overwhelmed, disconnected from their self, overly emotional as a result of taking on the negative energy of others. My guest today, Wendy DeRosa, has written a great book called Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, ooh, I can't wait to hear about that, and Embody Your Intuition. She is also the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies, and she helps people understand their empathic nature and offers very practical tools to help them restore their boundaries, honor their intuitive gifts, and fully express their personal power. Wendy is also a popular faculty member at the Shift Network and has filmed two programs for Mind Valley's Spiritual Growth Channel. Thanks and welcome to the show. Wendy DeRosa, I'm going to show my YouTubers your book already. There it is. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it very, very much. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about empath what is an empath because i think some people can be confused and is there more than one type of empath yeah so one of the <clears throat> sort of common so an empath is someone who feels the energy of other people through their sentient body that might be the energy in interpersonal relationships that might be energy in the collective that also might be energy in the space literally i walk into a room and i feel the energy. What is common is that people will say, I'm an empath, therefore I take on the energy of others. And the two are merged together when in fact, they're actually two separate experiences in the system in that the empath, again, is someone who feels the energy. It's a clairsentient sense in the body through their intuitive sense of feeling, they can feel energy. The, um, we also have this boundary on the outside of our energy field, our aura, you know, it extends all the way around our body. And when energy crosses into over the aura and into our space, we have now taken that energy into our system. And that is overly empathic. That means that I have taken not and that I feel that person's energy, but it has now come into my space and there, then there we have a problem, you know, then we have, you know, an issue and the book is really about why that's happening and how do we work with that? You know, I'm thinking about uh, when you're talking um, a couple of things and, and you brought it out. A lot of people will say to me, well, but I'm an empath, almost as though they are a victim of being an right. empath. Right. Right. So can you talk about that a little bit? Because Definitely. I'm with you. I want to empower people. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is, that is exactly what ends up happening is that there's this, um, th there is this, ex th there's a merging of it, you know, that I'm the empath, therefore, you know, I'm sort of destined to be this way and there's no way to fix it or change it or, you know, I'm sort of powerless to energy outside of myself. And part of our shift and awareness around that is understanding why we're absorbing the energy, what's causing it, and what's happening specifically on our energetic body that's creating this pattern. It's a pattern that we're we're transforming. And so so that is, yes, it is, it, you're not a victim. 
if it feels that way, yes, it can feel like a curse. It's not a curse. And there are tools and awarenesses to have on how to shift this, this pattern. What is the difference between empathy and sympathy or compassion? Yeah. yeah. So, so empathy would be the ability to be able to feel what another person is experiencing. It's sort of like I put myself, myself in their shoes. I can imagine what it would feel like if I were in their shoes, I can understand how I would feel. That's a way of describing empathy. Sympathy would be to be able to feel for that person. I, I have an emotion. It, it evokes an emotion for me, for this individual. Um, I have sympathy for them. I'm using the definition to describe the definition, but it, it is the, the ability to feel for the individual. Um, and compassion is the awareness that, it, it, to me, compassion is a heart experience. It's that I have compassion means that I'm opening up to a spiritual awareness of what, mm. you know, what's possible. Mm. Essentially, I think of it as I open up to prayer for this person. I combine my heart space with prayer and have awareness for this individual and what they might be experiencing. Um, what are some of the markers? How do people know if they're an empath? And yeah, it might be a broad question, but just some it's indicators, because I'm thinking yeah. people listening are going, oh, maybe I can relate to that, or maybe I don't know, right? Yeah, it's a great question, because there's some gray area right now. I mean, the truth is, almost everyone is having empathic experiences be, be, being that the world is the way it is right now there's a lot of intensity on the planet there's a lot of energy uh, you know in people right now so pretty much everyone is having some form of feeling energy even if they don't identify as an empath an empath here, here's an example an empath might say I'm having a conversation with so-and-so and they're going through a difficult time and I walk away. I might offer them advice or sit there and listen. I walk away feeling terrible and they walk away feeling great. That might be an experience an empath has. An empath might also feel exhausted, fatigued, nervous system, stimulated, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, not able to separate their emotions from someone else's emotions. Those are some indicators that someone might be an empath, whereas some someone who might not necessarily think of themselves as an empath might still be experiencing the intensity of what's going on and feeling the energy in the world. Right. So it is gray right now. Yeah, it's a little gray. And I, I really hear you talking also about sensitive sensitivity. Uh, I, I guess the question would be sensitivity is not necessarily empathic, right? Yeah, I mean, sensitivity, right. I mean, sensitivity would be the ability to, to, to feel and have a response to what's going on in the world around us. The, the empathic would, be, would specifically relate to the emotional energy, okay. you know, feeling emotional energy, which shows up as vibration, which shows up as, as you know, some people might say, you know, intensity, stress, it sometimes gets labeled as heavy or dark energy. Yeah, because a lot of people are sharing with me things such as 
you know, Loretta, I, I'm finding that I'm having difficulty being with certain people. It, it just feels so heavy and dark to me and I'm having to step away or um, too much news or, you know, whatever the deal it is that, like you said, that heaviness on people. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think there is, or maybe I should say, do you think there is and maybe an escalation or a, more people waking up to their abilities? Yeah. Would that be an accurate uh, statement? Yeah. I believe so. I mean, it's been iterative. You know, I wouldn't have called myself an empath. I've never called myself an empath. I've been an intuitive. I'm an intuitive healer. I've been a healer, an intuitive energy healer for 26 years. The, the part that, um, where, where, you know, several years ago when ultimately trauma started to surface in the collective, there was more, uh, there was more rising for people. There are more people waking up. When we wake up to our voice and to our gift and to our power, we also pierce through wounds, which means that I'll, I'll give it to it an analogy. It's like the crust of our suppression, the energy that has suppressed and stuffed down our history and our wounds, that energy, as we're rising and as we're becoming more true to ourselves, that energy sort of erupts into the field and into our lives. And so there's sort of this combination of people waking up to their intuition and their gifts and their calling, and at the same time, their wounds surfacing on the planet. And that's individual and personal, and it's very much happening in the collective. So yes, as we feel more deeply our gifts, we're also feeling more deeply the empathic nature is getting stronger for people. Well, I think that the comment about trauma and woundedness is, I think is actually vitally important. Um, I almost look at this past year as, as it itself, this pandemic year has created trauma within people. And, and maybe there's going to be a new <laughs> coding system for po post-pandemic trauma syndrome, right? You know, but it's yeah. also brought up all of this old stuff within us, you know, yeah. almost like taking a shovel to the self and, and giving us that opportunity. Um, I was thinking while you were talking about, like I said, how auspicious it is you're here on this day where we have this powerful energy and we're in this Gemini energy um, Mercury and Gemini, where the healing of the throat, the ability to communicate, which also has to do with hearing and listening, right, which is an interaction with everything, you know, this is actually vitally important to go on our path toward becoming an empowered empath. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting in the nature of the empath who, and, and I can explain a little bit more in a little bit later, but the, the nature of the empath is the empath has learned how to navigate the unspoken for the majority of their life because nobody was giving voice to the experiences or the sensitivities that empathic children were having. And so we've learned to not talk about what, it's, what we're experiencing, but to sit in it or, you know, sort of cope with it or navigate it in this unspoken way. So part of, I mean, I love that you brought that up in the, the, uh, the astrology even, that there is so much about being able to speak and name and clarify and deeply listen to our intuition and to our, you know, our higher self, our soul, our heart, 
because we've learned to, to, to sit in it and tolerate it. So this speaking and bringing it forward is very, it's very powerful for empathic boundaries to be able to speak what we're experiencing. I'm thinking about what you said as, as, you know, as an empathic child myself, and also I want to hear about your story. I, I think it will be helpful to share some of that with the listening audience because we need to relate at the living level of life. So if we're as empaths, empathing our way through or intuiting our way through life, what does that really mean? And, and how are we relating to life? How are we, how are we showing up? And I know your, your book is filled with how can we show up better, but that's a big question. I'll just let you talk for a little bit. Yeah. How we, how we're intuiting through our, our, our existence. I mean, you know, I think part of it is that one of the things I talk about in the book is that intuition, like we think of it as a voice or a part of us to connect to, but intuition is a little more complicated in the body. And I don't mean that negatively. It's just, there's some layers to it. There's some complexity to our intuition and in that I, what I, what I, one of the premises I bring forward is that empathic intuition or being an empath is very related to the chakras and the chakras are part of our energetic anatomy, which we don't learn about in school, but the chakras, then the energetic anatomy underlay the nervous system and the physical body. And so we're working with the, the energetic body. We bring forth into our system the the history that our soul carries into this world. And that might include past lives that might include intergenerational, you know, experiences we've had in this lifetime underlays the nervous system. But we also bring into our power, we or excuse me, we bring into the world our power. And people are inherently strong in certain power centers. They come into this world very strong. And so some people will be dominant in their upper body, like their 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 throat chakra, their third eye chakra, their, you know, sort of up here is very strong. That those aspects of intuition would be the clairvoyant and clairaudient that they tend to be more the psychic or mediums connecting to higher, higher source or higher realm. Some people come into this world with very strong lower chakras, like second chakra is actually very strong. Solar plexus is very strong. Those are the empaths, people who, who've come into this world with a strong sense of feeling in the humanity and in hum, human realm. And some people have both going on in their body. And so Part of it is to uh, first to differentiate an empath isn't always an upper body intuitive. They're not always the psychics and the mediums and psychics and mediums are not always empaths yet. Some people will have both going on and that's just flat out overwhelming <laughs> as it was for me. <laughs> Sounds beautiful, but. <laughs> Can I just wrap in a soft blankie and just yeah. go in the corner? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it certainly can be overwhelming and there's tools and ways to work with it. Yeah, I, I was going to uh, bring that up, but I, I really think that a lot of people's problems are that they don't have the tools and, and I just want to put a plug in for your book again, because it really is, is great. Becoming an Empowered Empath by Wendy DeRosa. Uh, she has it set up in, in beautiful 
um, uh, little chapters with journaling exercises and then meditations at the end. And if you follow through on that, believe me, it's going to give you some answers like, how do I set boundaries? How do I pull myself back? What do I do? Um, I had a, a, a client recently say something to me, which I myself can uh, have experienced, but also other empaths, which is, and I was talking to her about boundaries, you know, like, like, you know, because empaths quite often will do this thing where they send their energy or they merge with the other person energetically, right? And that's how we feel connected. And that's how we feel all nice and cozy. And now we know what's going on over there because we're feeling it and thinking it and whatever we're doing. But I have discovered that if I pull my energy back and I own it and I have a nice boundary that I actually am better at what I do. But her comment to me was, but Loretta, if I do that, I feel really disconnected. Can you talk about that for us for a little bit? Yeah. So I want to give a little framework first, because so much of how we're managing as adults has to do with, as empaths, has to do with a profile that's going on in the lower chakras of the body. Again, those are very powerful empathic power centers. They are also power centers where we hold immense history about our life experience and our conditioning and how we relate to other people in the world and our primary relationships and our survival and safety and everything. So what happens for empaths, I mean, empathic intuitions, clairsentient intuition is the first sense that develops in the womb. You know, it's, we feel, we feel through the sentient experience because the eyes aren't fully formed. Clearly cognition isn't, and ears sometimes, you know, aren't always fully formed, but we're developing this sentient sense. When we're born into a, a family um, or a system, uh, I'll call it the family of origin, we are marinating in this in this family system that has particular beliefs and ways of existing and bonding and attaching to this world, which is imposed and enforced by greater systems like the patriarchal system, for example, or cultural systems or whatever it may be. So empaths, sensitive children, which most of us are and as children, are marinating and pre-verbally absorbing ways that we're going to bond and attach to our family system. And what ends up happening is that most of the time we start to develop a way of closing down to ourself and the feeling of sense of safety and trust inherently in us in order to be pay attention to what the system is saying and bond to that. So what happens in the energy body is that the root chakra starts to contract. In that contraction experience, mm -hmm. we develop a fear, a fear of belonging, a fear of safety, a fear of grounding. And instead, what ends up happening anytime a chakra goes through a contraction is that the, the power center next to it is going to compensate. So now the second chakra, which is the empathic power center of the body, because its job is to feel the subtle and what's going on subtly in the environment so that, you know, it, it's our sensitive, it's our intuned part of us. It's the sweetness we feel beneath the table. Well, this power center 
opens up and starts to pay attention to what everybody else needs emotionally. And we close down to ourselves emotionally. And our needs, our emotional needs get put on the back shelf and other people are prioritizing and our sense of worth comes in. What happens is we, our sense of worth starts to depend on how am I being of service, helping, peacekeeping, taking care of or becoming codependent with someone else's energy in the world. That is hypervigilance. We move into hypervigilance. We need it. It's survival. So when we're talking about as adults, I, you know, I don't want to be absorbing other people's energy. I don't want to be taking responsibility for other people's energy. I don't want to be coming back to myself. If I do, I got to feel something. I got to feel all the stuff. Why, you know, the adult self is high functioning and knows what we want and need. The lower body has a mind of its own. It's operating on conditioning and what we learned at a very young age that repeats itself over and over again in life because that's normal. And so that's the profile. And then the third chakra has a response and there's more, but that's the profile that ends up happening in the body with empathic intuition. Oh, I loved what you just said. I took notes. I have to listen to that again. Um, no, I loved what you said. It, it's absolutely spot on. And especially this, this thing where you were like this hypervigilance that comes into being and somehow we, we get off balance with who we are and, and what we're really here to do with that empath, you know, and we end up quite often in codependent, codependency or that narcissist and the empath, uh, you know, scenario. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think part of it too is, I mean, thinking about your, your client and mm-hmm. people, you know, no, th- this thing about grounding, you know, like part of us, for us to come back into ourself and feel our energy in our body, we, we need to be okay with getting grounded in ourselves. But Grounding, I did talk about in the book, the grounding cord from the hips to the center of the earth. And that's a beautiful um, bound. That's a beautiful visualization, but it's, it's, there's more to it. There's more to grounding. And sometimes when it, when we need to get, when we grounding also means coming down into the lower body. And when we need to get there in our system, it also means we need to get comfortable with sitting with ourselves and that's going to bring up some feelings sometimes too. So grounding sometimes can be, um, it's necessary, but it's also a process. I love it. So we're going to take a station break. And this is Loretta Brown, my, my guest, Wendy DeRosa. We're talking about her wonderful book, Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuition. I love it. So uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. 
harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. You're listening to an encore presentation of the original Loretta Brown Show. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Wendy DeRosa, talking about her book, Becoming an Empowered Empath. And if you were with us during the break, we brought up a couple of really great subjects, and I want to kind of jump into them. Um, I was talking during the break with Wendy about this past year being so very challenging, you know, the pandemic year, and I've really struggled. I'm honest about it as an empath, and and I've worked a lot with clients who have been up and down and left and right and in and out and and, and really kind of struggling with what is this all about. Um, But could you just kind of bring forward what you were saying, and also because you're offering a course and I think yeah. people need to hear about it. Yeah. I, I've, and I've made this analogy that mm-hmm. is that, you know, it's almost like the earth, mother earth has said, you're grounded for a year and you're going to have to sit for a year in the basement, <laughs> the basement <laughs> of humanity. And we're going to need to feel. Mama, Mama grounded us. <laughs> she grounded us. And we have to sit in the basement with everything that has actually been in the shadow. It's it's actually been part of suppression. It's been there. It it's not new. It's been there, but we have to feel it. And part of this is I, I'm doing a course on this because I personally think it's it's very very important healing for empaths. Um, but it has to do with the wounded masculine, also called toxic patriarchy, and the wounded feminine, which is the victim. And the combinant, we see that in narcissism and empaths. We see that in patriarchy and victimhood. I mean, this is a polarity. This is a dynamic that comes out of wounded aspects of ourselves personally. And so um, not everybody thinks like, oh, if I, you know, I would need to do a course on feminine masculine energy. Like, what is that all about? But, But truly we live in our body. We have feminine energy we have masculine energy no matter our gender and the wounded aspect has been the patriarchal or toxic patriarchy has been part of our collective system it has suppressed the feminine within us women might feel that as i have less rights i'm not seen as equal it's not okay for me to have my voice my role is determined for me men might feel that as i have to man up I'm not allowed to feel my feelings. I'm shamed and punished if I have my feelings. 
we've all internalized some aspect of those teachings and that patriarchal component has it, it has created oppression on a level where you know civil rights is is rising i mean we're we're having to really look at the shadow of where that imprint has been we're looking at you know patriarchal views on climate climate change and told that it's not existing and here we are having to take care of our earth i mean i could go down the list of all the issues that were up for us this past you know pandemic year and in 2020 and part of it is that we do need to heal our level of wounded where we have felt the impact of wounded uh, patriarchy and where we have been impacted by and feeling the wounded feminine and allowing for that part of us to emerge. That's the empath. The empath comes out of the feminine in us. It's the vulnerable. It's the connected. It's the it's the be, being able to have compassion and feeling and being in tuned with. Those are all powers of the empath and powers of the feminine. Wow, I love what you just said. I'm so on board with that. Um, what she said, right? Um, but I'm I'm also thinking about yes, of course, the empath is coming out of the feminine, and. It, when we think about being empowered or being disempowered, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of discussions too around what is power? Is it force, right? <laughs> what is it? And um, I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking to myself with the, the awakening of this or the rising up of this, what, it, what in your opinion is the role of the empath in our world now and in the world coming up and, and I'm going to go straight to the second question. What about the empowered empath? What makes an empowered empath different than an empath? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about power because I, I do feel I have a, I have a way of, I understand the word in a particular way that might not be um, what other, you know, what, how others see the word. So in the energetic body, we have this powerful central channel through which life force flows. When light comes through the central channel of the body, it awakens these chakras and each chakra in the body is a power. My power of my throat chakra is my voice. My power of my second chakra is actually my ability to be connected to my emotions, grounded and in, in subtly in tuned with myself. So power in the second chakra is very different than power in the solar plexus. So I think of feminine power as that ability to be deeply in tuned with our emotional needs and the subtle and really listening to ourselves and being in co-creation with ourselves in life. Empaths who are, um, you know, living in their power, stay grounded and connected to their second chakras, stay grounded in their lower body. Essentially, they start to make room for their own emotions so that they can increase their capacity to be able to be present for people in their emotions. I mean, we have to feel, you know, ultimately. So that I, I personally believe that empaths in many ways are leading the way in this consciousness evolution because we're shifting from non-transparency, sweeping everything under the rug and you know being productive and logical and keep going 
to know let's stop and self-care and take you know and, and be in tuned and pay attention to our calling and meet our soul's need and do what you know live what we're here to live on this planet i mean that takes being deeply empathically connected to ourselves and to humanity so much of empath is about the we you know the we yes. collective we mm -hmm. think about the collective we think about people we're you know we we are caretakers in many ways and so mm -hmm. that's not a negative that doesn't need to take us down but it is knowing that oh, we have an individual role in our our personal healing work our grounding our expansion our radiance our soul strength our presence that we can impact the we in a positive way by showing up and doing what we're here to do. That's boundaries. That's radiance. That's the inner strength that comes through that supports us in not being bombarded by the world. Yeah, I, I, it, that was wonderful. I loved it. I, I wrote down 10 questions, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's so to the point because you, you said in there, um, paying attention to our emotional needs versus what you had defined earlier, which is an over vigilance on the other's yeah. needs, right? To the detriment of the self. And when we can bring ourselves in and like you're using wonderful words, grounded, right? Become radiant. And, and you do talk in your book about the chakras, but this idea that each chakra is a power, and that, and those chakras can be too large and they can be too small, right? And if one of them's off, then others are going to try to compensate. I think it's really powerful information, especially when we're taking a look at, okay, what does it mean to walk in balance or in harmony on the planet and to truly allow yourself to be who you are meant to be in this time? You know, it, that to me is so powerful. Um when we and when we talk about the we collective i was also thinking several weeks ago i was talking about the age of aquarius and we're truly in it in case anybody wondered <laughs> when we got in it did we get in it when we were sinking we're in the dawning of the age of aquarius or or are we there now well we we are there but part of this energy this aquarian energy it's an alchemical energy and it it takes the woundedness of the past, the emotionality, and it brings it into new perspective. And it's concerned not only with the intrinsic value of each soul, but it is about the we collective, where each person is able to bring to the we their own unique power, so to speak, or expression of self, right? Um, so it, it's powerful. This conversation about the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine, to me, it really does need to be a longer conversation. Uh, can you tell people about that course that you're offering and where they can find it? Sure. You can go to my website. It's I have two. It's wendyderosa.com or schoolofintuitivestudies.com. I'm teaching the course through the Shift Network. Um, and it is about clearing inherent and imprinted patterns intergenerationally and through our um, through our soul's lineage that we've carried into this life that are historically imbalances, uh, wounded masculine and wounded feminine imbalances. Um, I mean, it's so interesting talking about the age of Aquarius and going into this 
um, this era and we are in this long, long dawn, you know, <laughs> right now. but part of it too, is that we, you know, we cannot process energy that wasn't ours to begin with. It will just stay there. It'll stay stuck in our system. It'll, it'll interrupt our digestion. We can't digest it. We've got to go in there and clear that energy. And so, so much of what we've carried through, and it's not to blame the ancestry. You know, they've lived, they lived with the survival tactics they need at the time of consciousness at that time. And now we're in a consciousness where we can clear that energy. And it's so important that we, we do start saying, I, I, I have for me to become my true being and who I'm here to be, I've got to let go of this energy that is inherent that I don't need to hold or inherited, excuse me. I don't need to hold it. So that's what the course is about. It's about deep diving into that healing. Well, and, and you said something there that I think is really important and, and actually has been coming up a lot. And that is about the influence of ancestral lineages or imprints, inherited belief systems. So we do inherit these things. Tell, tell, tell me more about that. We inherit it. You know, when, it, when, an, when a family member, an ancestor, a grandparent or parent goes through a particular, you know, well, I'll call it a trauma. You know, maybe it was collective. Maybe it was the depression. Maybe it was the Holocaust. Maybe it was slavery. You know, it was something throughout history. And, you know, during those times when we go through those types of major traumas where we we go into survival mode many times that means we fight flight or freeze around the traumas we experienced and we may not have the the awareness or it may not have been available to to the ancestors at the time on how to process trauma back then so what happens it it you know they gets internalized for them it it ends up you know imprinting in their energy body we end up you know, through the through the line, the, you know, the, the next descendant ends up, you know, inheriting imprints and belief systems on and about that trauma, and we pass it down through the line. So it could be several several generations back, but we carry that energy intergenerationally into our system, and uh, and and we can heal it, we can clear it for ourselves, for our ancestry, and for our descendants. That is so powerful. Um, I have for years had people come to me and say, I think I'm here to stop some sort of ancestral lineage, right? That isn't healthy, right? Like yeah. to heal it. But the realization that you can clear this for yourself and it helps your ancestors as well as your, your grandkids and so forth. Um, that to me is just so powerful. Yeah. It, it, it just almost makes me cry. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so powerful. And also some people will say, why do I have to clear it for the ancestry? Why do I have to do? And I, I just want to say to that, that it, it, because we can, they couldn't. And we can, you can. And, and that's a gift now that we have the capacity to do that. And, you know, and that awareness to do that where it might not have been available to them. What is um, the most important thing that you want to tell someone to help them stop taking on other people's energy? So I want to say that we, part of 
not taking on other people's energy is two parts. One is that if you've been raised in an environment where you've been shamed for your emotions, then I, I want to encourage you to start telling your feelings that they are worthy and they are okay and they are worth feeling. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, you start to have, you start to ground yourself more powerfully. You get to feel and process your feelings, but you also get to drop yourself more deeply into your body and have more capacity for being present with yourself when other people are having their feelings. That's the first thing. The second is that energetic boundaries come from radiance. They come from your soul <laughs> expanding in the presence of your body. And it's not about blowing yourself out or putting yourself out there. It's about lower chakras. I'm getting grounded in my lower body. I am embodying my presence. I'm slowing down. I'm breathing, I'm feeling my legs, my feet. I'm letting my root chakra contraction unfurl. I'm telling my body I'm safe and I am radiating in who I am. Then you can put some light around you. But the bubble of light on the outside without that inner radiance, is a, it's, a, it's a temporary support. It won't, it won't shift the deeper state. It'll, it'll be helpful. It just won't shift, shift the deeper state. So that's presence and radiance and grounding. I love that. Um, it is our radiance. You're absolutely right. And uh, I've done both those things. So I really understand when you're trying to put that rubber bubble around yourself and then you're like on the inside, you're just trembling. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Will anything get through? And it's like, no, no, just, just calm down. Just exhale, you know, do some of Wendy's great meditations in her book right? Get yourself back center. And I, I was just laughing the whole time you said that, because that was one of the things my mother used to say to me all the time. Now, just slow down because <laughs> I'm running everywhere, right? You know, I have so much to do in so little time, right? Yeah. So um, can you share very briefly, we, we have, uh, I think we have enough time. I would love to hear how did you find out or get into this work or even find out you were an intuitive or an empath and were you a child that was super sensitive did you go through sort of what you just said because I did where I was like well, you're so sensitive stop it right yeah exactly that and I was the oldest girl of eight children in a big Italian Catholic household and and I, I'm I, you sorry. know, I'm, I'm, not, you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I didn't know I was intuitive. I certainly thought there was something wrong with me because I could see and, you know, everything I developed anxiety. I gained a lot of weight starting at six years old. I gained, you know, got the depression. It developed into panic attacks. I had a nervous breakdown at 19 years old. I mean, I had a pretty, intense, overly sensory experience. And it wasn't until I found a healing teacher in my early twenties, who was, who identified that this was a gift that I had. And if I could start working with it and training in it, I'd learn how to help people not be debilitated by it. And so that's the, that's the brief story. <laughs> could you very briefly tell us about this man that showed up on the street 
Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's in your book. It's but, in the book. So when, yeah. after recovering from that nervous breakdown, I was walking down the street in Boston with my roommate and we had turned the corner at Newberry Street and Massachusetts Avenue. And there was a man standing there and I, we were trying to decide if I should drop out of school because of this nervous breakdown anxiety issue I was having or stay and finish the semester. It was pretty debilitating. So he greeted us on the street and said, can I sing you a song for some spare change? And we said, no, thanks. And he <laughs> said, he said uh, no, Wendy, you need to hear a song. And he called me by name and I look at him and he has a glow around his head, sort of horizontally all around, you know, this way around his head. And he, he said, uh, I'm going to sing you a song and don't worry about the change. And up until this point, we had been talking about me moving to Colorado. Should I get up and leave? So he sings this song, Home on the Range where the Buffalo Roam. One day you're going to get to Colorado. And then he stands up and says, Wendy, it's not your time to go yet. You're going to get there. He gives me a kiss on the cheek and vanishes behind me. And that, I mean, my roommates thought we were... My anxiety healed. I had this divine transmission on the street and my whole life changed after that. It just put me on a path. That is such a wonderful story. I love it. Yeah, yeah powerful. It, it definitely, um, I wanted you to share the story because you're, you're mystical as well mm -hmm. as intuitive and empathic. And, and I, I, I believe in the union of all of those things at a, kind of a practical level of life and people are like how can that be practical and I go because it is yeah. it really is it's what we're stepping into yeah. so um thank you so much for that um uh, we we've got just maybe a minute and a half can you just say maybe one or two sentences about what do we do if if we think we have sensitive intuitive empathic children uh, yes, I have a, I have a six-year-old who is, and the, one of the main things I will do for her is truly let her have her feelings. Try not to suppress them, make them wrong, or punish her behavior, but try to find out the why. Empath, ch empathic children, they have a reason why they're acting out the way they're acting out or why they're experiencing what they're experiencing, and so it's very helpful to give them voice to what, what's going on underneath or the why. So ask questions, get curious, let them have creative outlets also. They might need to just express themselves and their emotions and have outlets for, the, for their feelings. Wonderful. And um, so where can people find your book, Wendy DeRosa? Where do they find you? And one last word. Yes, absolutely. My website, wendyderosa.com and schoolofintuitivestudies.com. And yeah. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having you on the show. I I feel you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I send you. you lots of blessings.